Kings of Friends podcast season two episode seven yes a local a, scene a show local scene show it is right. i just you gotta keep it local sometimes <laughs> keep it local keep it local just like a neighborly cat keep it local keep it local but don't you dare touch me with that keep it local Keep it local. So, so um, yeah. So, a local scene show. It's nice to be back in it the local nice scene. There's less petrol money. <laughs> yes, this is our special energy crisis edition. It's, it is. And I'll tell you what, we, we keep it really local when it comes to interviews. Because we actually, all three of our interviews happened in Queen Street. Yes. Two at the brew house and one upstairs at the Curzon. Right at the top. You know, it was like it had been, it was like a ghost town up there. There was no one around. Yeah. Empty. Ooh, I thought I'd see uh, the ghost of an old film actor drift between the screens like that. Hello. Did that actually happen? I'm Dr. Curzon. You don't remember me. My acting career was a bit shit. Yeah. But But on the other hand, I was a very successful serial killer. (laughs) Yeah. And ghost. Right, anyway, where were we? Local scene. Local scene. So who, what lovely people have we got in our local scene? We finally caught up with the Lamplight Club. Yes, it's been a long time coming. It has been a long time coming, and uh, we've played some music by various sort of members and constituent parts, but we've never actually caught up with all of them. And I nearly caught up with all of them. Nearly. We, we, I've got four actually, of them. We've actually got an exclusive, haven't we? We have. An we've exclusive single showing yeah. or... Is it not showing if it's sneak on, peek? Uh, sneak peek. Although it won't be a sneak peek, it'll be an entire thing. Yes. Which is the brand new single by the Lamplight Club, Attrition, which yes. is coming out early Feb. But you'll get to hear it if you listen to this on time, right in late January. So you're going to be at least three days ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've got down the next person in the podcast. As I actually can't read my writing, and when I first read it, I thought it said Daddy. Da- <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> But of course it's not. It actually says Dadsy. I don't think I know him well enough to call him by his nickname. Perhaps I do. He perhaps no. correct me. But it's, of course, Jonathan Dads. Jonathan Dads. If, if you don't recognise the back of his head, <laughs> then you haven't been to enough gigs. And going from an artist who's been around for a while and we've been meaning to get on the show before, Lamplight Club, we go yes. to some uh, the other end of the extreme, totally. somebody uh, who is a new act. Exploded young lady. last year, yeah, young lady Bridget, who uh, last year I don't know if anyone really knew about her. And suddenly, by the end of the year, she's everywhere. Well, I guess a few people knew about her. Family. Yeah, yeah, they did know she existed. Yeah. And then, and then here we are, and uh, Bridget's made huge progress over the last year. So I went and interviewed her, spoke about how it happened, what's her secret pill that she's taken that's making it all happen. <laughs> So I did notice that if you look at her, like on social media, yeah. so it's actually Bridget Full Stop. Yes, that's right, actually. That's right. It is Bridget Full so Stop. So shall we call her Bridget Full Stop from now on? Or just, <laughs> just Bridget? Or maybe just Bridget, and just like Bridget. that, to, to make a nodding. Pause after we Pause. say it. And of course on Spotify, or not Spotify, sorry, on um, Instagram, she's Bridget. Oh. Because there's a lot of Bridgets. I think she's oh. got five eyes. Oh, so she's used a different tactic. Different on tactic. each social media one stick a full stop on the end. looked around two <laughs> two, two e, e. e the old classic e yeah. on there and she said if that fails she's just going to change her name to uh, Howard 
I'm sure there's a lot of powers. Though, there it? is. So I said that's not a great plan, although it's quite amusing. Yeah. I said, you know, maybe yeah. maybe not that one. Yeah. But yeah, lots coming up. Anyway, yeah, shall we, uh, without further ados, yeah, no more of them. Let no more ados. Not one. Or otherwise. No, come on, kids. I don't think I've ever heard anything so great in my life. Well, that's why I keep it in the car, because otherwise yeah. the sun will get to it, and then you know, mm. you've, got, you've got problems. Do they go off? Well, it, it depends which highway you're on, really. I mean, Highway 66, yeah, we had problems, but, you know, it was all it was all down to Marjorie in the end, and her pipes. Lantern Light Club, we've seen them live quite a few yep. times. We've played sort of on the same bill with them. Yeah. They are <laughs> quite a big band. Now, when we say big band, I don't mean like Glenn Miller. I don't mean like trombones and things, but no. there's six of them. And we've got Toby. Toby. Vocals uh, lead vocals and, and guitar. Yeah, guitar, yeah. guitar. We've got Jim Reynolds on guitar. Yep. And playing some wicked lead solos. And backing vocals. Got abs on bass. And backing vocals. And backing <laughs> This is true, actually. This this is something that connects them all. We've got Ellie on, well, sort of occasional keys and backing, and backing vocals. vocals. You've got Abby, keyboards at the back and, and backing, backing vocals. vocals. And yeah. then you've got Dan the drummer. No, back in the no I, I'm not sure. I think he does actually, and they do all. Um, maximum of five harmonies at a time, I've been oh. told. I'm not sure, even the Hollies didn't manage that, hmm. which is pretty good. They are a dark alternative rock and roll band rooted in garage, folk, and gothic Americana. Now, I've heard, never heard of gothic Americana. But I guess it's like mm, witches. It's like, mm, yeah, witches. I'm a little doll caught in your mind. Yeah. You're like a little... A dog? A doll. Oh, a dog came, makes much more sense. I came out of a cupboard. Look at my eyes. Look yeah. at them, you little shit. <laughs> like that. that do kind you want of, me to include that in, or do you want me to edit that out? Gothic Americana. Gothic Americana. Let's go back to that. Yeah, so, so basically, they, they're a, a real mixture of that kind of folky yeah. garage rock and roll yeah. roots uh, stuff. I mean, it really is... Isn't yeah. it? A, quite a blend of stuff. Yeah. It's hard to think of another band that sound like that. And what really makes them stick out is those harmonies. Just lovely blend of voices that they get. Yeah. I mean, that really does stick out as their sort of trademark sound. Well, they've all got um, very different voices, of course, apart from female voices yeah. and male voices. You've got um, Abbas has got a lower sort of yeah, register yeah, range, voice yeah. as well. Jim's got quite a high voice. He has, well. actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he can reach some of those higher notes. It works really well, I think. So, so they... The Lamplight Club, what's interesting about sort of talking to the Lamplight Club about their band is that they are a band, but there's so many parts to it because, of course, they split off into many bits. You've got um, Ellie and Jim, obviously, are doing the Gin Twins. Twins, They've been doing that for a few years now. You've got Toby's new band, Dude. Well, before you go any further, of course, Ellie and Jim have both got solo stuff. And they also... (laughs) It's like, like, (laughs) what are you going to do next? Divide them in half. Yeah, yeah, So this is like Ellie's feet to release their own single or something like that there's just ever sort of, sort of the <laughs> increasing amount of, of, of output from them um, so yes of course um, Ellie and Jim also do their own things as well um, Abs bass player but also plays with Polly Haynes as well yeah. so it, it, it really is like the coming together of lots of other diff- bits and pieces but I don't think that was initially how it happened I don't think that's how it happened I think it's happened since then it's sort of grown in different directions yeah. um, they're quite an artsy band they are actually quite artistic yeah, yeah, as yeah. a band because Toby is a superb illustrator. Have you ever seen any of his yeah, work? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some really magical stuff. Um, spellbinding covers and things he's done for them on, online. But also Ellie, of course. 
also is an is uh, dabbles in art as well you oh, know true. so they have had a lot of logo changes now i was flicking you know when i do the old flicking through facebook yeah let's see if i can get to the bottom yeah. oh it's been a it's been a whole day i'm still not there my fingers going down and down and out you cannot get to the bottom of a facebook page my god i wish there was a way but anyway when i went to I the bottom you said I, before there is a way you have to meet the magic man by the tree of calamagare huh? and he will tell you mm. in ireland oh, you come with me and Feel my tree, he said. <laughs> yes. So anyway, they've, had, they've had a lot of logo them. changes. I mean, yes, they have. Like, they have had logo changes because they started out with a kind of with an actual lamp post, and it was a bit sort of rainy and sort of or sort of foggy, and yeah. that sort of evolved over time. But I think it's because they just can't stop doing the artwork, and they enjoy sort of rebranding yeah, themselves. Yeah. Actually, so you know, we are um, on the sort of third or fourth incarnation, I think, of their of their logo as well. They are a fantastic group, well worth catching. Well, let's have a listen to what they've got to say then. Can you tell me, there's six of you, obviously. How do you organise that? Uh, I think there are certain patterns that are forming, or that have formed, actually, and then other stuff we're still working on. Okay. Basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, the, the baton seems to move from one person in the band to the other. Who's whoever's got the time, whoever's kind of got the energy. Um, but basically, kind of like sometimes it'd be Ellie, sometimes me, sometimes Baz, sometimes Toby. Never Abby and Dan. They're never really picking the baton up. Hear that, guys? Yeah. Anyone else? Anyone could chip in? Just, just cat herding. <laughs> herding cats, yeah, it's like herding cats. I had a look on your Spotify, four singles in 2019, and then the graph goes up. You actually had seven in 2020 which is pretty it's a pretty amazing yeah seven and that's like lockdown we're talking about then okay, we're surprised by that yeah, we <laughs> yeah, we're really surprised by that um, I don't know what to say that's how surprised I am I'm, I'm actually breaking news to you here that's breaking up the EP into singles uh, and then adding the Pioneer Project stuff and the, the flood and but just other little bits and pieces we did around old gallows tree we did in the middle yeah. of all that as well yeah. so yeah I can sort of see that so I mean uh, the point I was making was that it, it really rose up in 2020 and then you've got one single in 2021 but nothing this year what's what's the story we're working on it yeah <clears throat> a trade secret trade secret no it's just been a busy year i mean yeah. various events around the band people's life events and things like that yeah. people still recovering from what's going on with rona and everything else um we do have some stuff in the pipeline we've got some stuff that's pretty much ready to go and we're just working on our machiavellian marketing machine at the moment um, and there's other plans to record other stuff in the new year as well but it's just trying to find the time for everybody to focus on it right now yeah and there's been a lot more um, well there's been there's usually a good level of uh, attention to detail but there's been very specific attention to detail on like artwork themes like all the kind of stuff that we really care about in mix with the music so it's kind of been sort of like focusing on the quality of things as well as opposed to just getting everything out there right. and because was there a sort of latency like there was a lot of stuff hanging around and then you pushed it all out oh, in one year it's always shed loads hanging around right. and we've we've got we've got well, we, we are going to be working on an album so that's right. that's what we're kind of aiming towards as our next release rather than, we'll probably stick out some singles but um yeah but it'll be it'll be stuff going towards an album really because um, I think it's, it's, it's the next well, step really there are a few recordings that got buffered up that will come out fairly shortly but then the, the thrust of next year is very much get the album over the line really so it's kind of in there yeah. right and left yeah 
do right and left to do as well. Yeah, we're a bit we're a bit spoiled for choice though uh, in terms of our back catalogue. It's quite a large back catalogue, so it's like, well, okay, which track are we going to put out? When are we going to put it out? And in having those discussions, you kind of go, we're now into 2022. It's like yeah. 2021 just kind of flew us by. It really did pass by quite quickly. So there's been a lot of material to consider. Yeah. Well, question one, sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say probably something to note is that we've just released a brand new load of merch as well. Ah. And that's it, like, obviously, like, graphic design, yeah. like, original designs, like, printing, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, just to note, there is new merch out there. There's a lot of solo projects and there's a lot of duos and other bands going on. How do you sort of... Is this sort of part of the issue with, with releasing or is it just the lamb like a separate thing altogether? I think the Lamplight like, Club is a separate thing. I mean, what we one of the things that we have carved out is a regular time slot. But I suppose it's it's not just being in other bands. It's just, you know, we're all busy people. Um, you know, Ellie's holding down a, you know, a job six days a week. Building a business. Like building, a, yeah. So yeah. The, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressures and challenges. Not just being in like a couple of bands, but it's just like life in general. Life, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then trying to make time for yourselves and your families and stuff. It all kind of yeah. adds up. So I wouldn't say it's been a, any of that. Any of those things have been to the detriment to the band. It, it's probably kind of helped with some of the material that we're writing and provided the focus so that we, when we do get together, we're intentional. There's also quite a boring pragmatic reason as well in that um, as a band what we've tended to do is when we make what money we do from gigs and similar or merchandise it all gets thrown in a pot and we then take that out and the point is to get recordings done. Um, during lockdown that clearly didn't happen yeah. Yeah, but we stream like everybody else did but there's no money in that so at the moment the bank coffers well actually they're starting to fill up again aren't they but what it has done is meant that we've had to look at slightly more unorthodox methods of getting our recordings out some of which have been successful some which probably need a bit more thinking about yeah. um, but I think you're going to start talking about the unorthodox methods of how we make money <laughs> well, let's not go there yeah. Yeah. But, but, but buy our merchandise and don't think too hard about what's going on around the back of it yeah thank you so um, Rosewater. Now, I think I've discussed Rosewater with you before, Toby, which is it's a devastating track. Wonderful. Chords are what... When you say it's a devastating track... When I say... <laughs> <laughs> How do you mean? <laughs> what I mean is you can't listen to that and sort of walk away from it. It kind of lives with you a bit. I mean, it's... it's yeah, it Precisely. It's, it's the song which sort of I remember most of yours, actually, of the recordings. I just wondered how... How did that sort of come about? Um, what's the story behind that? You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, Toby, but it would be interesting. I think it's your greatest song. Oh, that's very kind of you. Um, you're pointing that very close at me. <laughs> so yes. you're attacking me with a microphone. The lead singer of our band, uncomfortable with a microphone in his face. What is this saying? It's really pointy. Okay. Well, we can no. hear your vocal cords. No, I'm just trying to hide, hide away from the fact that I don't want to talk about the song. Basically, okay. it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a song about some sort of... There's some 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 black black blacker elements of yeah, yeah. Of, of of the old back backstory. Um, yeah, it's that... quite reflective, isn't it? Yeah, like it's of a, a song of a reflect uh, reflections on a, a period of time. Right, very emotive sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful song. Harmonies, harmonies. One of the things you're known for most of all is the thickness, the dense layer of harmony that you have in your band. Um, quite dense. I mean, we are quite dense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll get onto the intellect thing later. Um, <laughs> Basically, I mean, when you play, because there's six of you, obviously, all playing instruments, and then on top of that, there's at least three of you singing harmonies. How do you sort of manage the sound on stage? 
Um, it, it gets quite difficult and we put sound men through hell because we're all demanding to hear ourselves louder yeah. and before you know everything's feeding back but I mean I think that, um, yeah, well, I think we've always been quite good at finding harmonies and getting out of each other's way when we need to and when people are getting in each other's way people are good at speaking up um, I think f- the, the most you'll ever get of the six of us singing is five which I think is perfectly reasonable um, in songs like Everything Comes With A Price where we're starting to get multiple layers and multiple harmonies going but also I think we know that it's one of our strengths you know we get some really good songs going but you know good harmonies just pull people in people really respond to it so yeah I think, I think it makes you distinct really those, those thick harmonies uh, I think it's just be- become like part of the way we approach stuff now I don't think we do it just because we know that we like to do harmonies but I think it just kind of works with what we write yeah. so when we're writing and stuff and someone can hear a harmony they'll probably chip in and um, sing something over the top and then you know another one will be like oh that's quite nice yeah. isn't it let's have four more yeah, yeah. and then it, and then it, exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then it just kind of forms yeah. t- tends to form that way every now and then someone will be able to hear a harmony and ask another person to sing it or whatever. But generally, we all just tend to chip in now, and then we're like, ah. Oh. One, one of the other things where we were super lucky is um, we have Abby slash Sophie at the top. You've got myself and Toby and Ellie kind of somewhere in the mid-range, and then Baz yeah. digging away at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds quite that, bad. That, 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 that was an interesting phrase in there. Uh, I'll, I'll, lead you, yeah. I'll lead you to explain that. Yeah. <laughs> You want to tell us about that one? Uh, no, I've got, I've got. But you have a lower voice. You have a lower, lower voice. Yeah, yeah. It's, defi- it's definitely the lower register. Yeah. Um, it's no. the idea of digging, which yeah, I find slow. Yeah. It's, it's a strange, strange idea. Um, um, <laughs> digging away, you know. I've never dug away at a harmony. <laughs> I was about to bother them. <laughs> I've never done that either. I've just got a strange image of someone with a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> trying, to fi- trying to find harmonies. <laughs> Um, the younger bands, do they find it easier to grow an audience, do you think? I, I think they usually kind of got an audience that's less encumbered by responsibility, which makes a huge difference. So <laughs> we've, got some, um, yeah, we've got some amazing bands in the area anyway, as you're yeah. kind of very well aware. Yeah. And some of them kind of tend to be more in their 20s than in their 30s, so they tend to be slightly less dug in than others. So yeah, and they're, equally, their friends and fans do. On the unfortunately, they've got no money a lot of the time because they're young. Yeah. So it kind of swings both ways, really. Our, our kind of like people are harder to come by, but more affluent, which I think is wonderful. Does an audience matter? Well, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's a bit like onanism, isn't it? Well, I know people who play. They, they get together and play, but they don't perform. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, was gonna say, I, I do enjoy playing and, and, and writing and that side of it. Mm. And I kind of, I, I get an itch eventually after I've done that for too long. And I think, oh, I really want to play in front of people. Um, and then, I, and then I sort of would quite happily crawl back inside my shell and, and disappear for a while, and, and then, and then the itch comes again. You're like, Ooh, I really want to play. And does it come when you see other people playing as well? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. if they're good, yeah. <laughs> or if, or if they're not quite good enough. You know what I mean? Yes. And you think you want to get out and improve. Oh, I want to. Yeah, I could do that better. <laughs> yeah, come on. I have to spend a lot of time trying not to be that cynical old hackney musician in the corner with their arms crossed, going, "What well, they could have done better than that, couldn't they?" Because whenever I see people playing, I'm actually on the bill. I'm usually sitting there twitching anyway. I'm just. I love playing live. I've always loved playing live. It's actually kind of my thing, I suppose. Yeah. So you know, I, I love the writing. I love the songwriting, but actually, it's the performing that really gets me going. Yeah. I think like for for me there's definitely like um, an emotive thing where you see something that you've helped to write or Mm. put you know 
we've put together or whatever and then like if you see that it's really emotively touching other people there's there's something really special in sharing that and i think probably a lot of creatives could relate to that and i think that can help with the process of like not in a bad way but like validation so you're like oh no this is a thing that i can do and other people get it in whatever way they interpret it like they get it and this kind of like you know to be creative is to sort of like focus on that kind of emotive world so when you see that other people are connecting to it it helps for the creative process in and of itself because you're like oh no this is what i'm supposed to do like we're good at this yeah Yeah. Go on. there's another high that comes from playing out live it's like you know you spend to get you we spend quite a lot of time together and then just going out and being able to gig something where you've crafted a whole set and it's like you've got your mates and other people that don't know you kind of enjoying themselves and then come up come up come up to you afterwards and say those harmonies guys that's great. It kind of yeah, it, you know, it, it does make you kind of go, all right, yeah, we, we've got something here in the in the stuff that we're doing, and it kind of helps keep us connected as well. You know, it's just another way of delivering the stuff that we we do, and it's there's a, there's a real fun aspect to yeah. gigging in that way. Is there anything coming up which we need to know about? Um, we've got um, a single um, and an EP coming out, so you know, watch this space on that. And um, the what we're looking to do is launch that. At, our show um, at the Three Wise Monkeys in February, which is part, which also forms part of uh, Independent Venue Week yes, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, February is going to be uh, a good launch pad. Well, look, thank you so much for coming up here in the Curzon, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. God, yeah, thank right. you very much. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. Thank you very much. So let's listen to that exclusive yeah. single, the that new we single from Lamplight Club. Yeah. This is called Attrition.
Jonathan Dads. Yes, Jonathan Dads. As you said earlier, we see him around a lot. We do. <laughs> He's always there. Up the front, taking photographs. Different angles. You get an angle on him, actually. Yeah. Mainly from the back or side. But yeah, yeah, he ain't afraid to approach a band. No. You'll see him bobbing up and down, trying to capture the uh, the right angle. But I guess you've probably spoken to him about this. How you capture yes, these I moments. Yes, I do. I did. How did you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing I'd be most interested in. How oh, do you capture the angle, kids? Because we love you. We're going to kill you all. What? Nothing. Okay. Just having a word with the kids. Okay. We mostly know Jonathan from... Paper Champion, or that's mm. my first experience of him. He reviewed our first EP. He did. He did. But he was sort of around on the scene because he did, not, as well as doing Paper Champion, he did, I, I can't even remember how to pronounce this, yeah. Paper Champion Loser or something, wasn't it? Like an event. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice. But he, he did a lot of stuff at the waiting room. Yes, the waiting room. Yeah, he also did yeah. stuff at um, The Bull. The old, old owners when it used to be. Yes. So I talked to him about what inspired him to start Paper Champion. Yeah, yeah. He's known as a photographer, promoter, but he also plays uh, bass. Yes. Musician as well. Well, he filled in, didn't he, with Anna's Bones? Yeah, that's right. Fairly recently, actually. He's recorded quite a few other bits. He's actually learning the drums at the moment. Blimey. Yeah. We can't do it. He does like secret made up band names and puts Uh, them on Spotify and puts them out. Like, some of them have done quite well, apparently, he was saying to me. Really? Yeah, yeah. Blimey. But he's got a very, very eclectic taste in mm, music. Broad. One minute he's talking about prog and, and math rock, mm. and the next minute he's he's loving a bit of Lionel Richie. Loving a bit of Lionel Richie. Yeah, loving yeah. a bit of Lionel. A little, bit, a little cup of tea there for you. They actually started dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so that's Jonathan Dance. Let's well, go listen to the interview, shall we? You know, you're mostly probably from Paper Champion. How did that all start? Where did the idea come from? Um, so basically, it was Colchester Free Festival, the last one that was on, and I can't remember which year it was, but it's quite a few years back. And I wrote a zine in place of the programme for that. Um, at the end of it, I kind of thought, quite like doing this I'll uh, I'll stick at it and at that point it kind of it was pretty much monthly I started putting on gigs to go with it it wasn't monthly by the end of the print version and um, you know life starts to get in the way but I moved online because it's a bit easier to kind of do bits and pieces when you feel like it I guess um, and you know some months loads of things will happen around here some months it's a bit quiet and you can't really put out something like well I saw one band this month doesn't really work um, still do it not as much as I'd like to. Photographer, musician, promoter, in what order are those important to you? Um, I don't really promote anymore, so I can't really have it on my list. Um, I stopped doing that, weirdly, a few months before the pandemic. I didn't um, plan the pandemic before anyone claims it. Um, that Just coincidence. Um, my plan was to kind of stop for a couple of years and then maybe go back into it, but there's enough people doing stuff at the minute that it doesn't feel like there's that much of a need for me to do anything, really. Um, so I probably will again at some point, but for now, I'm kind of happy not promoting. I've brought in a lot of bands from out of town, some from the States, some from other places. You kind of burn through money quite quickly, because uh, <laughs> some nights are obviously very successful here, but I mean, I put on one of my favourite mu- musicians in the world, who's a guy from the States, and there was four people in the audience, and oh. those kind of nights, you know, you kind of got to balance them out, I guess. I noticed you play bass, obviously um, a great instrument. Yeah, I play... I, I've been playing bass but since I was about 14. Um, I mostly play guitar, if I'm honest. Um, but I kind of bought, I was doing a lot of recording during lockdown because you know there was nothing else to do. And um, I bought a bass again for the first time in 
God knows how many years and kind of needed it to fill in the uh, fill in the sound. It's, it's not right with just a guitar. No, no. So I say that. There's plenty of bands around here with no bassist, and they, you, you all sound great. Um, please ignore that previous statement. That electro harmonics pedal that doubles it up has just really killed the bass player industry. We still love your photographs online. Looking back at the Paper Champion from 2015, yeah. you can see that it's got better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I shoot a lot of gigs, I guess, so it's kind of... It's just naturally you kind of improve over time. Like, um, I don't know, I've, I've been doing it... I started when I was 18, so it's been quite a long time now. Um, and obviously I didn't take it very seriously to begin with, and I didn't have a decent camera for years after I started, but I don't know, probably, probably shot about... Thousand, thousand and a half bands by now. So um, you, you kind of you get used to get used to it, which is why I'm even more impressed when I see people who are kind of like twenty going out there taking photos, and I'm looking at them going, "They're amazing. How could they be this good already?" Does it yeah. help being a musician? Um, you can kind of, I guess, part of it locking into what's happening helps. Um, some a lot of venues will have their own lighting person. They'll be locking them in the music. You need to lock them in the music as well, and you can kind of see the cues of what's going to happen. You know what colour's going to flash at what time. You know you push your finger down at the right time and you capture it the colour you want. Um, so definitely, I guess not necessarily being a musician, but being able to lock in with the songs that are playing, I think helps quite a lot. But yeah, I mean it's a challenging environment to take photos generally. You just practice a lot and there's lots of good guides online these days to help how to kind of get started um, and you can kind of get started quite cheaply these days as well which is good so I want to see more people doing it I think um, especially in locally we're spoiled really because got multiple venues smaller venues like Coda, Freewise that you can shoot away to your heart's content but even the art centre who bring in bigger bands for the size of town there's no barrier, you can take your camera in, no, no one stops you, like you're allowed to take photos at those gigs, which is mad, like you go to London, you're not going any venue more than about 100 capacity, you're not taking a camera in. If you could photograph any artist, who would it be? It's a hard one to answer, because my, my, if you'd asked me this last year, my goal was to shoot Biffy Clyro. Um, I then went and shot Biffy Clyro, and then I shot them again last month. Um, so that was my, my kind of bucket list, because that was the band like when I was kind of 16, 17, I grew up on. I've seen that band 40-odd times now, and um, I've literally applied for a photo pass at least 35 times before I got that. Um, so, you know, it's taken a while, but that was my bucket list one. Um, I just want to keep shooting what's coming up, the more energetic bands that are coming through, because that's, that's what interests me. When did you get your sort of first break, as in someone gave you a press pass? Because I've seen you went to Glastonbury and you talked about lat latitude. That's something different, isn't it? Do, yeah. do you have to uh, apply for that, or does someone come yeah, to you? Yeah, generally. The, the thing with it is um, finding places to take photos for, I think. Um, if When I first got one, I was a student, and I used to kind of write for the uni paper. I used to edit the music section, so I could, if I wanted to cover a gig, just ask them for that. And you know, we work most of the time. But you kind of need, outside of Colchester, you kind of need um, an outlet to be kind of shooting for or writing for generally. Um, so that's that's kind of the hard part. Once you've done it a few times, you get good at asking. Um, <laughs> and you know, even little zine I write, um, that's enough for a lot a lot of time. You can kind of ask politely, always treat people with respect, and people for the most part will try and help you if they can. And that won't necessarily be the big gigs in London because there'll be 50 people trying to shoot those gigs and the list will be long. But you know, they're playing Norwich, then 
might only be three or four, in which case they're gonna more likely they're more likely to kind of say, yeah, okay, we'll give you that give you that chance. But I think, yeah, you definitely need to be shooting four somewhere. But or well, to kind of get there, you need to build up like a little portfolio first, and it's the perfect place to do it. You can go to any of the venues here, go and practice your shots, um, learn what works for you, learn what style suits you, I guess, and work from there. Once you've got a few you're happy with, send them to a magazine. Um, if you're at uni, then look at the student papers. They're, they're always looking for people. Um, and then, yeah, just go from there, start shooting gigs. They'll usually apply for you if you're not doing it yourself, but I mean, you could go the way I've gone now, which is you start your own zine and you, you work from there. Um, it's not difficult, anyone could do it these days, you know. Sign up for a website online, self-produce, easy. Have you got like a handful of photos which you look at and you think they're, they're my best ones and you're really proud of? Yeah, but you'd be surprised which ones they are. Like, um, there's a picture of Dingus Khan playing V-Bar, and it's absolute pandemonium. I look at that and I think, it's amazing. Like, the energy in that room from the crowd, from the band, that's what makes it. The fact that I've caught the photo and I'm happy enough with the photo is sort of a side part to that. It's looking at the, that and going, oh yeah, that gig was amazing. Like, They're I remember... Capturing a moment in time. Yeah, I'm remembering just how hot it was in that tiny little room that everyone crashed into. Um, and there was another one... Um, Band called the James Cleaver Quintet. Um, they split up. Must have been about six years ago. They're playing the Old Blue Last in London, and the crowd was dead for the first half. Um, but the band were really going for it. It was their last ever gig, um, and eventually it all kicked off. There was a bit where the drummer's trying to drum at what crowd surfing with his drum um, drum kit all over the crowd, and it's moments like that. I think. Um, I suppose also any any shots on the big stages of Glastonbury. I still look at those and go. I can't believe anyone let me shoot Glastonbury. Yeah, I know. So did you apply for that? Yeah, so um, in between the uni paper and paper champion, I used to, originally I wrote for a website called 7-Bit Arcade, and then I ended up kind of co-running it. Um, So I applied through them. Um, First time I applied, I had a ticket already, so I kind of went, can I upgrade my ticket? And uh, they were kind enough to... um, I actually spoke to them on the phone back then, which is kind of weird. We had a nice chat, and she went, you know, I'm going to... I'll give you a chance this year. And the following year, they um, gave me like a full press pass, which was nice. Um, but yeah, it was kind of through that. And I mean, that website wasn't huge. Um, it's bigger than a paper champion, I'd say, but it yeah. kind of got put in the door, I guess, as far as that goes. But you know, there's kind of that weird thing when you're shooting for something so small and you're in like a press tent. It must have been this year, I was kind of sitting there talking to the guy next to me, and um, it's like, oh, he asked me, oh, who are you, um, who are you writing for? I said, oh, this little zine and culture called Paper Champion, you. And he went, oh, Telegraph. And you kind of like, uh, it's just weird to think that yeah. a place like that would allow that kind of mixture of people. Um, yeah. It's great. It's That's amazing. Because it's not, you're not just promoting, because bands don't really exist on their own, do they? There's a whole bunch of other people that exist around them. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. So it's nice that they're, they're supporting that those people yeah and it's amazing how many people just doing stuff like that you end up talking to like um, I think Bastille played a secret set this year and um, after a 40 minute push I managed to get to the front um, take some photos into the photo pit and you know a few hours later I put some pictures on Instagram and uh, I checked my phone when I woke up the following morning and I had a load of emails from their um, label which is just just weird to me it's it's nice you kind of look at it and go it's great that somebody in that kind of part of the industry is kind of acknowledging that you exist almost like because yeah, yeah. you know I was shooting it for what would have been a quite a small audience comparatively so yeah it's, it's things like that um, which are really nice
So, uh, now you've mentioned that, I've got to ask, is, 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 is that your biggest acknowledgement from an artist you've had? Um, I don't know about the biggest. The best one I've ever had was um, the front man at the Flaming Lips reposting a picture from their Cambridge gig. Um, just because, I mean, I've loved that band since I was like 14 or 15. And the idea that someone like that would have even seen the photo is just insane to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's... There's been a few probably bigger ones. That that's the one that you know I, I like the most. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's always it's always nice, and it thanks to kind of social media, it always will happen as well. Like um, it's quite easy to tag artists in, and you'd be surprised how many actually see them. <laughs> Which uh, it, even if they're not reposting them, like you take pictures, and you know it's just nice to know that they've been seen. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Looking through some of the old photos, you've got a very eclectic taste. I mean, you know, you would be into math rock and prog and, and stuff like that, which is probably not very mainstream. And then suddenly you see, like, I went to see Lionel Richie. It was fantastic. Yeah. What, so what is it for you that makes a good band? I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> what, what makes a good band? Something that either ha- gives you a certain feeling of energy is definitely the main thing. Um, or where you're going for a song, you can't predict what's going to come next, which... I guess Lionel Richie doesn't... Something about that is just really joyous. You kind of get the energy from the joy in the massive audience. So I shot him twice, once at Glastonbury and once um, at the stadium in Colchester. And both occasions, it's just a massive crowd. You sort of look back and you see people everywhere. And you kind of... that That's the feeling, isn't it? Like, you, you look back and that's what makes... Yeah, uh, well, it even just kind of increases your enjoyment of the music because you, you just know that you're watching something with a, a lot of people who just... They're, they're feeling it. They love this music. They've paid loads of money to come and see this, and um, yeah, there's something about that. There's something about collective enjoyment or something that yeah. kind of adds to it a lot. I think we've got a really good scene locally as far as um, kind of new bands and bands that are more established is going. But yeah. it's good to bring stuff from out of town into town and to play with local bands. I think giving local bands opportunities to play with more bands from out of town event not every band here is going to London every weekend to play you know they're, they're quite often just playing within their own scene and yeah. it's I think probably useful for people to see how other bands work the reason Colchester's doing so well at the moment is it's sort of self-perpetuating I also think people are dragging each other up at the minute um, yeah. it ha- hasn't always been the case but it does feel like as soon as one band starts to get a bit of success they're you know taking local bands on their tours with them they're plugging the hell out of other bands basically and yeah, um, yeah. it's good to see people getting bigger and remembering where they're from remembering who else is in the scene and going well I'm going to help you up with me rather than in a lot of places you know bands start to get big they pull the ladder off as soon as you get a bunch of bands going through at once people start talking about that town which um, it feels like that's definitely the direction we're going in Um, there's definitely like a a set of bands that seem to be on a different level almost to what I've seen around here recently Um, but that inspires the other bands like you say, yeah, definitely. definitely. Like, you've seen what they're doing. Yeah, I think maybe what we need around here is more opportunities for younger bands, perhaps. Um, that's something that I always think we're kind of lacking in. Um, and also, there's not that much in the way of practice rooms, which is also a bit of a problem. We'll see Pioneer close. AJ has got his new place in Black Cactus, which is great, but there's still less rooms than there was. To get new bands through, they need to be practicing. So what's next for you? <laughs> um, carrying on, to be honest, with, yeah. with what, what's going around here. Um, 
I, I'm kind of hoping as time goes on there'll, there'll be less demand for me to take photos locally because there'll be younger people coming up and doing the same thing and um, if anyone wants to do that wants any advice you know get in touch I'll happily chat what I do at gigs um, but I don't know I just kind of want to see more progression within the scene more bands coming up and just more exciting gigs how are we going to get across this river sir Bridget. <laughs> Bridget. 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 Bridget Clegg. Bridget Clegg. Now, to you and me, Clegg, as soon as you hear the word Clegg, you think, last of the summer wine, you say. No, that's not what I was thinking. I think of the word clog, actually, when I hear Clegg. I, I think, fuck the E. I'm going with an O. And I'm going to knock the G off the end. We actually have a clog that holds open our back door. I know, so sorry, you, but I know this is really weird, but I must explain this. Yeah. We have our kitchen door, where yeah. you want to keep it open yeah. so you can get air in from the garden. Our door, our doorstop thing is actually a clog. It's is, a it wooden, a, is it an actual clog? No, it's a wooden clog. Yeah, you can like actually put it on. human foot size. Yeah, you can put it on. I've stood in it. But, but only one. Why haven't you got two? I don't know. Why did it Why? What, has someone else got the other clog? I reckon there's another kitchen door somewhere near Amsterdam. Okay, anyway. well, female-fronted grunge. Yes. It's the simplest way of saying it, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Female-fronted grunge. And um, hell of a lot of singles in three months. How many singles could you fit into three months? Well, what, one? No Probably way. 1%. No, 1%. <laughs> three singles in three months, October, November, December. Can you believe it? I mean, who does that? Bridget. 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 Um, Bridget does it. Incredible. 2022, January 2022. Hello, Bridget, are you out there? Don't seem to know who she is. Suddenly, rising up like some... Bridget. Bridget coming out of the the water like... Bridget. A large Bridget. Bridget. Rising up. Suddenly, there she is at the end of the year. Bridget. She's with pet needs. I know. Basically, I think she's come out of lockdown yeah. into this artist. Yeah. Because, of course, she comes from a musical family as well. Yeah. Uh, her father the, the being... The Trap family. Well, her father being uh, Peter. Peter Damien Clegg from Ghosts Ghost of, of Men. Men, who is the guitarist. Yeah. So her father's in music as well. And so she has sort of come out of lockdown, I think, at the right age to actually start doing these things. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic. I mean, she, she's done so much last year. Tell us what you saw when you went to see them with Petney. Well, she was just like, I mean, they're, they're well known for their live act, the great live act. But it's like, if it could go up another level, well, it did go up another level. She came on stage. I mean, she's a force of nature. We have got to go and see her. Yeah. She's so I, good. I did apologise to her and said, I haven't seen you live. I said, I haven't seen you live, but I've heard so much in such a short space of time. That's all. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not much time. A lot has happened. Well, we both like Drive, don't we? It's such a simple song. The Drive. But it just like, it. like. And the- it's really, it's a real screamer. Yeah, I wonder, did, did you ask about where it comes from? I did ask her about where did it comes from, but, but I d- no, sorry, not thematically we no. didn't talk, but the actual music we spoke about, she said it's really all she could play on the guitar. She said she doesn't really play much. She doesn't know how to play that much. So it was basically born out of this idea of kind of not quite knowing bar chords, but it's just, it's just a rolling repetition of chords, but I'm surprised her voice is like, survives it. It's she a real screamer. It's she like, goes oh my god, she you can't scream like for. that all your life, Bridget. What's going on, Bridget Clegg? It's like that. 
That's how I felt about it. But I didn't say it like that to her, obviously. That would have been ridiculous. Are you done now? You're done. <laughs> I'm done. So, yeah, lots to talk about. Lots of Bridget to uh, speak of. Why don't we hear it from the girl herself? I'm here with Bridget at the Queen Street Brew House. Hi, Bridget. Hello. And I have to say, it's really quiet tonight in here. <laughs> I mean, it is a Wednesday. Um, it, it is a Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. And it looks like we're ready to go with this. Right, I've got, well, I've got seven questions. If you can do seven yeah. questions, that's quite unusual. You can skip anything you don't want to do. How did you get into music? Uh, what's been your influences over the years? I don't, I don't want to do that one. No. <laughs> Yeah, the key question. Yeah, no answer. Well, who are my influences over oh, the years? Yeah. So, my first memories of music are things being played around the house. Everything from like Outkast to Nirvana to heavy rap, anything. Um, and I remember really enjoying. Um, I was a bit of an emo when I was about four years old and I remember really enjoying the Corpus Christi Carol I don't know if uh, you would have heard it but Jeff Buckley like covered it but I like the actual really haunting yeah so I like that sort of thing Um, as I aged I fell into loving all sorts really I mean I like everything from slow tie so but punk rap to um Nirvana, Deftones, Amel and the Sniffers, all sorts. I like things that make me go, oh yeah, let's Ooh. let's kick a door or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah. But yeah. also, I love. I went through a little bit of a shoegazy phase. Mm. I, I just, if I like it, I like it. But yeah, I do sway more towards sort of moody or sad things. So do you like sort of choral music as well? Is that what you were? talking about that kind of think, sort of haunting because that yeah. does come across in your music a bit I like I like to be moved and one of the things that moves me is if something just sort of makes you go oh oh right. god right. <laughs> so in whatever context really yeah, yeah. okay yeah. I, like I've I, obviously because I'm being interviewed I can't think of any examples <laughs> however there are some out there um but oh. yeah so like with that Corpus Christi Carol it's just the first thing I remembered mm. um yeah. But I remember hearing that sort of the same time as I heard Umbrella by Rihanna and thinking... It's quite clash then. You know, it's got got a little bit of emotion in that. Mm, yeah, but yeah, I, do, I love... I love minor notes. Right. <laughs> minor like, chords, minor chords. Minor chords, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're just, yeah, I like That's it. what it's all about. Well, 2022 has been a really big year for you and I'd say anyone who sort of knows the scene, uh, even the, the least observant, will notice that the start of 2022 not many people had heard of you and then by the end suddenly you're everywhere and you know can you explain that what's happened in the last year well that's good to know because that was sort of the aim <laughs> um well i just tried to do a load of gigs and plaster my name about so i can do more gigs and that's sort of the plan going right. forward until right. yeah until but, the, I- but, but the bit that's missing from that is how it happened because, of course, you're not in control entirely of what happens. Oh, it's down to the audience. So how do you think that has come about? So starting out playing these local venues, where else do you begin? Mm. Like, it's a godsend. So Coda, yeah. Three Wise Monkeys, Brewhouse, all the local venues. Yeah. And then people hear it and like it. And 
they go, oh, can you play somewhere else? And you go, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you sort of get a bit of confidence about it and then you start, well, I start asking people or emailing people and say, can I do this, can I do that? So thankfully, this year, a lot of, mostly all of the gigs I've played have been just through word of mouth. People going, oh, can you come and fill in? Or, oh, I really want to hear you play here. It's been great because it means going forward, I have a lot more people to ask directly. But yeah, so just great local scene support, I guess. Of course, you played with Pet Needs as well recently. Can you tell us about the dates you've done there? How did that come about? Yeah, so I I knew uh, everyone from just around Colchester, but it was sort of just before I was 18, so I couldn't really go out like a couple years before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah. just before the pandemic. Um, So... I knew of them, but I didn't go out and network or whatever. Um, I put myself forward to... I I emailed Tom Donovan in Rowhead. She's got a studio out there and said, I love what you do. I love your production. Can I come and even just make tea? So you'd noticed that he was in particular good at production? Yes. Right. And also my dad... uh, from recording with him right. showed me Monster Florence as well can you tell us who your dad is again my dad is Clegg from Ghosts of Men right okay <laughs> just to be clear there so uh, yes there is a musical connection there yeah okay so tell us how, how did Pet Needs come about the gig yeah so I I met them at the studio right. for one of the first times I went in oh ended, by chance really? yeah right. ended up singing on some of their stuff doing right. little oohs and ahs mm-hmm. and then we did a duet and then skipped to now and they invited me to go and support them and it was just great fun it was great fun to do it with them because they're so chilled and Mm. nice lads and yeah it was really cool you played with pet needs at the art center in december is that right i didn't play with them but i did one song you did one song with them yeah how was that (laughs) so it was just great to finish the yeah. the tour that I'd done with them right. just before they go on to do the rest. Um, it was just rammed mm. full of Petney's fans, yeah, yeah. but local people mm. and like new loads of people right. and it was nice to just yeah. have that last blast of the duet with yes. Johnny so it felt like coming home almost it really did wow. and yeah. it was the first time where I, I felt like I was getting recognised quite a lot yeah. or I probably did get recognised in my life before I think that's how it worked people knew who you were they knew me <laughs> But um, but yeah, way, yeah, lots of people who I didn't know mm. would say, oh, you're Bridget, or mm. oh, I saw you on the tour. And that felt good yeah. because it means if they like it, it means you can just get more gigs and play more. And that is what yeah. I want to do. The single, the last single, The Drive, Where's My Money, Where's My Car? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, we reviewed that single for you and we thought one of the things that really struck me was it was such a simple song. And you rarely hear that, something that's just, um, you know, the, the approach is so simple. Is that, is that sort of what you went for with that? I didn't plan it. I am not so my I'd say my instrument is singing mm. I haven't had any lessons or, or anything but I'd say I can do some alright vocals right. yeah. and um, guitar I've, I've written all of my songs 
However, I can only do a limited set of chords. I can't shred. I'd love to be able to, right. but I never practice. Right. Um, so with that, I was getting fed up that I couldn't get that bar chord shape right. so consistently. Right. So I started sliding my finger up and down and boom, right. there's a song. I see. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's a song without a chorus. Uh, the, really? the verses and the choruses are essentially the same. It has a middle section which is the, is the same chords again. So it's almost like it's a sort of uh, it never quite resolves the whole thing. And I think, like what you said in the review, like it's just a never-ending cycle. Mm. It just sort of naturally mm. aided what the songs yeah, right. about. You've had three singles then so far: "How It Feels," "Deflate," and then "The Drive," um, which really rarely has come out September, October, November. I had to look up the dates, but that's <laughs> one per month. Um, that's very rapid for releasing. Is that stuff that's been hanging around, or is that sort of? Uh, are you literally writing and recording <laughs> this fast? Yeah, wrote it, recorded, same day. No. <laughs> <laughs> So I've been I'd been itching to record mm. but even literally just before the tour and even on the tour I haven't had a consistent band because all of the people locally are either stupidly busy yeah. with life or stupidly busy in 10 other bands. Yeah. Um so it is really difficult to get Oh yeah. like everyone yeah. as you know in Very one place at one time. Yeah enough so you can practice and then go on to record or whatever so the recording process for that was literally can all of you who've been gigging with me for the past little while can you please get here and do this on this day it was very disjointed mm. but I needed something yeah. so I just went in Tom Donovan um, helped me out and we just got the tracks done um, and yeah, I released them quite quickly, so I had things out there. So by the time I went on the tour, people could listen before and say, oh, or listen after. What you need now is a band who are there all the time to record and to gig as well. Well, I've, I've got my band now. Right. We're ready from the tour. You're ready. Um, but the, the only trouble is, obviously, being musicians and proper rock stars having day jobs and <laughs> full-time jobs where you've only got a certain amount of holiday mm. that's the only problem yeah but my band are great i love Fantastic. them culture to scene uh how much has it helped you sort of get has it sort of nurtured you do you think i grew up here well not in culture star, but i grew up coming out here listening mm. to everyone play so, do you, I mean, we always say, you know, we always say if you see bands playing, you're more likely to want to form a band. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, definitely. I think mostly anyone who's in a band mm. has done that. Right. Or even people that, like, grow up in their bedrooms being an angsty teen, mm. they're still listening and watching yeah, yeah. bands yeah. and they go, oh, I want to do that live. Um, but, yeah, it's little opportunities, like, with Ghosts of Men or mm. Pet Needs or bands that don't really even play anymore like um, Shooty and the Bang Bang who need to play more if you're listening um, <laughs> but yeah bands like that saying oh do you want to hop up and just do a chorus or do you want to hop up and do the song you get up you grow and yeah. you realise right when I do it myself I want to do this and that mm. so of course I wouldn't have 
I wouldn't have been able to practice no. pretty much without it. Because, so. I mean, the, you know, places that don't have scenes, music scenes, original music scenes, is, is normally for the very reason that they just don't have a scene. That's why they don't have a scene, because no one's standing up and actually playing. Mm. So, therefore, it doesn't generate any interest. Whereas here, of course, we've got a lot of bands encouraging people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't remember. I think it might have been Cardiff. I might be lying, though. All of the dates just merged together and all the places just merged together. Get used to it. I think it was Cardiff, though. Um, it was much more of an intimate gig and less ticket sales um, just because of the volume of people in the area and um, everyone I spoke to... Sorry. Everyone I spoke yeah. to, all the promoters and things like that, they just said, yeah, we just don't have much of a scene compared to all the other places but it was the vibe was still as good as all the others but it was like all of the music fans so all the people who yeah all the people who really want to be there are there yeah which was better in some ways because you go to some places and it feels like everyone hates you and they don't want you to be there but you speak to them after and they're like Oh, I loved it. Mm. Yeah, that's a tricky one. That is it. People, well, also, also, um, <laughs> people don't show how they feel. You know, yeah. if you go to America, I think Pet Needs would have found this when they went to the States. <laughs> people are just over the top with their enthusiasm. Yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love it. That's why I absolutely loved um, speaking to people after the gigs mm. on the tour, especially yeah. um, because they're just absolutely enthused by anything yeah. that's going on. Who would you? Invite if you could sort of invite four guests. I mean, who would you like to? Who would you like to bake for, or invite to a dinner party? <laughs> I don't know if I can bake, so no, it depends whether you're. Yeah, bread. It's, yeah, oh any idea? God. Any idea? When I when I hear people have this question mm. in interviews, I always think I can't answer that. But dead or alive? Dead or alive? Like, you must have some heroes. Alive musicians mm. let's round it down because mm. otherwise I'd start wanting to talk to famous dictators and say why oh, why have I you done see. that and things yes. like that yeah that's true <laughs> it's got to be Kurt Cobain obviously mm. um, oh my god there's so many people mm. I'd like to speak to mm. Freddie Mercury mm. and Alive Amel, Amy from Amel and the Sniffers because I just idolise her and Skin from Skunk and Nancy. Oh, I think fantastic. that would be my okay. so musicians <laughs> musicians yes. yeah and do you think they're all sort of different world musicians sort of different parts of the musical world definitely mm. but they all have how can I put this um <laughs> the only way I can think of it is metaphorical balls but obviously two of them may have had real ones that could be the name of your debut album couldn't it metaphorical balls yeah it could be or yeah but yeah they all they all kicked Mm. ass ass (laughs) well look thank you Bridget thank you so much for coming along and telling us about your music and we really hope you have a great 2023 as 2022 has been so good for you thank you very much for having me (laughs) of course she's got a great name for encores Bridget Bridget, Bridget, and then someone can really complicate the the beat of that. Bridget Clegg, Bridget Clegg, do it as a waltz. Some some names wouldn't work. Say there was an artist called Cumulonimbus. <laughs>
Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. Although Rumpelstiltskin does yeah, work quite well. That's, that's actually four Bs. Cumulonimbus. Cumulonimbus. That's a way of doing all names like that. <laughs> well, you can chant syllables, but Cumulonimbus is five. That's five. quite... It's hard to dance like to. five, four. Cumulonimbus, Cumulonimbus, Cumulonimbus. Try and dance to this, kids. It's all happening down at Rock Cumulonimbus, City. Cumulonimbus, Cumulonimbus, Cumulonimbus. Someone in the back going, what about the other clouds? I bloody <laughs> love the other clouds. So anyway, yes. Shall yes. we listen to Bridget? Yeah, let's listen to Bridget. This is The Drive. Where's my money? Where's my car? Yes. 
Pete, I understand that you've been doing something very interesting recently. You've been learning to speak backward. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you've been learning to speak backward or backwards? Backwards. Backwards. Okay. Actually, they both work, don't they? You can, mm. you know, backwards or backwards. Zima or, you know, or backwards. <laughs> They both yeah. work. Yeah. Yes, I have. It's actually really hard to do because it's not just taking the letters and yeah. saying them in that order. Yeah. Because if you said a word like top, for example, yeah. I'd just go pot. No. But that's not what happens because the sound of those letters actually... <laughs> for example, if I was to say, um, if I was to say Diana Rigg, just like a famous... Name, for example, yeah. when you say Diana Rigg, you think, yeah. well, going backwards, you'd be like, grr, and whatever, out and dr, or whatever. But actually, it's completely different. Yeah, well, let's like, give us an example. Like that. That's actually Diana Rigg backwards. I'll try it again. Ejector. <laughs> it's hard to do. It really hurts the throat. Yeah. This is, you know what? This is better than spot the difference. Yes, it is, yeah. Okay, well, let's say, for example, then, I'm a teacher. Yes. Yeah, I'm a teacher. So I teach children, and, you know, there's a a few platitudes, which are just things over and over again, such as, oh, that's very good, you know, oh, that must have been nice, or you've tried very hard today. Yeah. If I just say that one backwards. Uh, So it'd be something like this. Well, I just sound like you say that backwards. Okay. Oh, I guess it's heat work. And... (laughs) And I hate you. That would be. <laughs> oh God, that would be backwards. That would be backwards. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see how that would. Work. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, but it is hard to do. It is hard to do. <laughs> Have you got any other examples? Um, uh, yeah, like uh, if you're driving. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, you know, someone sort of cuts you up or something, and you, 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 you wave at them with your fist. You go, you oik, yeah, something like that. You know, yeah. you oik, or yeah. you've really made my day yeah. uh, a mess. You yeah. nonsense boy, like yeah. that, something like that. Yeah. So you want me to say that backwards? Well, anything. Yeah, I'm just interested in what your your, your backwards skills. Okay, so uh, yeah, here we go. Then so it'd be something like. Um, Oh, you are a cunt. <laughs> you are a cunt. You go home. Eat your own shit. Tell <laughs> 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 you what, it really hurts the throat, though. It does hurt the throat. Don't try this at home. It's bloody painful. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus right. Christ. So... Comma. Roundup. This is a, uh, a roundup section. Yeah. And um, what we'd like to say is thank you so much for listening. And Matt Burrows, I, I think we have yes, to say shout something. Shout out to Matt Burrows. Shout, shout out to Matt Burrows. We hope we've included everything in this podcast, which, you know, you are, are uh, you know, expecting. Because we know that you're addicted and yeah. it is hard getting off it. I know it's difficult. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, uh, I've tried to cut down. I only listen to 10 minutes now. It's all rubbish. You know, we know that you're doing the extra half an hour in a secret you know, corner, maybe in the car like that, yeah. and no one can see you. It's okay, we understand. Anyway, so we will be moving on in this endless Litter of Kings truck that keeps driving on down the road of music within yeah. a certain area of East Anglia <laughs> to our next episode. Yes, our next episode, of is, course, will be uh, season two, episode eight. Yes, of course, and let's not a... forget exactly which one it is. Wild... It's going to be a wider shame. Wild... 
wider scene. Wider scene. And now look, with the wider scene, we have got some bits and pieces that we've put together. And we have got for you, Icarus, who are all the way from Framlingham, but obviously are quite well known in Ipswich. We have got Ecto Peach, who we've managed to Ooh. lasso uh, all four of them at once. It's quite a cosy little bunch, but we've managed to get them all. Yep. Plus, a pro- Promoter, promoter from Ipswich yeah promoter from Ipswich I will tell you more about that obviously on the show it's really exciting though. we've got lots of good things coming up um, obviously because we're going to have our show in March which is this person here and we've also don't got these it. people here don't Thank say you. it but we're excited about we are very excited we've also got an extra <coughs> show sandwich I'm doing some sort of weird hand action which you can't see mm, obviously sandwiching but sandwiching action yes uh, we've got another show sandwiched in between in January three Guys, monkeys for the first time we're doing Little Kings and Friends. Literary Kings and Friends is moving to yes for a one-off at Three Wise Monkeys in Colchester, which is fantastic. Hopefully, it'll move on to other things. But our um, independent venue. If you can't make our show, it's on Monday night. That's fine. Yeah. But if you can, anybody's listening to this show. Get out there and support your local venues. It's Independent Venue Week. It is. If there's no other time of the year that you go out, at least go out and see some bands yeah. Independent Venue And there's week. lots of bands on at the Three Wise Monkeys that yeah. week as well, every night, I think. Yeah. We're doing the Monday night. Yeah. We're starting it all off. Four pound on the door. It should be fantastic. See you there. Yeah. Matey boy. Oh, new stage. Yes, it's being moved around. Um, and lighting and sound also being redone, which is fantastic. Mm. Yeah, AJ Jones there. Making it real. Okay, so look, we are going to see you for our season two, episode eight, our next one. Hope you've enjoyed it. Well, thanks very much for listening to the podcast. It's been great. A pleasure as usual. Thanks very much for the artists who are on our show. Lamplight Club. Bridgie. And Jonathan Dates. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Mm-hmm. And if you're out there and you're local and you do music, I'm afraid we're on your tail. We're catching you up, boys. Look in the rear view mirror because we're coming along. Right. Am I, what am I doing? Am I saying this? Yeah. Oh, you want me to say it backwards? I'm not putting you on the spot. You said, oh, okay, you sorry, said you right. could do this. Sorry. You told me you could do this. <laughs> no, this isn't trickery. You told me you could do it. Don't oh, hold it like that. I will have to do something with yours. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Literary kings and friends talking bullshit.